0: The Made to Move podcast is where we explore the science behind human movement and how to ditch diet culture, with the occasional rant or two about the madness within this healthcare system and fitness industry. I'm Christine Ebley, current physical therapy student slash personal trainer and former research assistant. Join me as I break down, reframe, and discuss with my fellow healthcare and fitness professionals as to how and why we've missed the mark. This is where you'll learn why you were made to move. No matter who you are. All right. Hello. Um, Today I have my good friend from physical therapy school, Amy, on with me. So we are peers, I guess. Yeah, that's the word, peers. We are peers at UW Milwaukee and doing the whole physical therapy thing. But Amy has an interesting background compared to others out of our class. Most of us. You probably agree with this, our exercise physiology, kinesiology backgrounds. Um, Oh, yeah.
1: I would say
0: 98%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's only 24 of us. So, also, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah, that skews the statistic a little bit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I know, let's see, Haley was accounting, but Amy is dance. So, it's interesting from my perspective to see like certain things that like you'll get right away. And I'm like, what? Because it just, I don't know, it must be in your flow of how your mind works with your background and other stuff like I've learned four times and you're like, what? And so right. it just it's very interesting, kind of the yin and yang between me having the background of a hard science. And you're really getting at the art behind exercise and movement, and PT is an art in a, in a sense. It's very interesting to see her move into physical therapy from her background. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what got you into dance, how long you've been in it? I just kind of want to hear a little bit about
1: all of that. Yeah. I have the very cliche storybook. I started dance when I was three years old. I um, <laughs> feel like... Every dancer says that, and I'm like, oh my, you know, so not original, but it's true. I did, Um, and it was really the only activity that my parents put me in that I didn't hate. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That is what stuck, Um, and and then I... She has to do something. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it was the everything else. Like I've, you know, done gymnastics, ice skating, Girl Scouts, baseball, like all everything you could you name it. And I hated it all. And I'm like, nah, dance isn't bad. <laughs> so, <that's laughs> were you, that. so you were like lukewarm on it. You weren't even like, Oh, I love this. Yeah. I I was a very weird kid. Like I never really had intense passion as a kid. And I don't know when the intense passion came. Yeah. I'm like, you're one of the most passionate people I know now. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly it did. Cause you know, like middle school Amy danced six days a week like you have to have some kind of passion to sustain that yeah um but like you know little little five-year-old Amy she didn't know what she wanted she was like yeah I guess this is all right (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so I've been dancing forever and then I decided to go to college for dance And that was a phase, as my mother would like to put it, but it certainly was not because now it led me into PT. And you tried
0: stuff that was even similar, like ice skating is pretty dancey. I did gymnastics myself, and there's definitely like an element of dance.
1: But it's interconnected. They're very similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about really anything about this myself, um, but I have heard here and there about kind of the culture around body image and stuff in dance. I know it's really extreme in ballet point. And I just wanted to, you know, with kind of the topics of this podcast, really just wanted to hear what your experience was. And since you started so young, what was like the transition between when it, and maybe it didn't, but, um, you know, when you became aware of this culture and what, how it was represented to you? It's kind of a loaded question, but...
1: Totally. But I mean, I think it's so relevant, especially in the dance world. There's so many different aspects. You know, you have your dance moms, like the huge competitiveness side, Mm -hmm. um, the so you think you can dance type of feel. And then you have your studio dance. And then you have your, I like to call it the weird postmodern, because once I say that, people know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, There's just so much different stuff. So I think it's a really, it is a loaded question, because there's so many different avenues of dance. Right. So I grew up in the studio background, like most individuals who grow up dancing do. I was not a competitive dancer, though. So strictly studio dance. So that's just going to a center and taking classes. I did the generic ballet, jazz, tap, tried hip hop a little bit. I got zero rhythm. Very (laughs) jealous of anyone who can hip hop. It's just so good. Also, I cannot see you doing hip hop at all, so that. Oh, it's cannot pop and lock it. Like, Mm -mm. you're flowy. I am, I'm, yeah, almost, I've gotten criticized for being like my movement and body is like too pretty when I dance. Let me just caveat this. I don't know when the switch happened as far Mm -hmm. as like, oh, you know, I'm a carefree little kid and I don't care. And now, yes, I care about Mm -hmm. my body. Um, I have no idea when that switch happened. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I do think like, yes, ballet has this huge body image negative connotations with it I mean you think of a professional ballerina I mean I had some of my ballet teachers were professional dancers like in mm. the 70s and 80s in New York and the oh, stories wow. they tell they were like traditional like Russian ballet dancers so, okay. you know like real smoking and anorexia and like you had to keep up this body image Mm -hmm. and you would certain ballet companies would weigh their dancers like you had to maintain a certain weight a certain width like it was very by the book and so that is where these negative connotations came from because they were very valid I mean yeah people did that's why, you know, you hear, like, ballet dancers, their career ends when they're 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can totally get to that because once I have grown and got a degree, um, I have an undergrad degree in dance. So that has changed some things, um, but we'll still stick with studio realm. Right, um, in your earlier
0: days before you knew yes. better. right?
1: exactly. Um, I mean, I think it's just – I don't want to say inevitable because that sounds so doom and gloom, mm-hmm. but like you're in a leotard and tights yeah. all night long in front of walls of full length mirrors. Mm-hmm. Now being a teacher, yes. a dance teacher, like the leotard and tights were created so we can see the line of the body and correct the malalignment as we are doing certain things. Like, that okay. is the premise behind it. And that it's makes sense. Needed. That makes total right. sense. If somebody, yeah. if I have a student come in with sweatpants, I'm just like, oh, like I was like, you <laughs> came to ballet see. class in sweatpants. What are you doing? Yeah. And then I, I mean, and I say, like, oh, I hate a leotard and tights nowadays. Like, I get it, but we are teaching you the proper technique. Like, I need to see your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I think it just, for me, it, I don't want to say always, because I knew it wasn't always there, Mm -hmm. but it is a a thing. I remember I grew up and I got criticized for, like, being too skinny. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, like, such a lanky little kid, and that was really hard for me, and then, and then that switches somehow, regardless of your size, you look at yourself and you're in this leotard, you turn to the side and you're like, oh, there's this part of my stomach sticking out. And then I look back on pictures now and I'm like, I was ridiculous. It's
0: interesting that you say regardless of your size. So when you say that, do you mean that like other girls? Was it almost like a social thing? You would say that like everyone would say that, so then everyone
1: would start to think that, or what do you yeah, kind of make I of that? really, I mean, I think it's just you know, like you just stand there, and especially because dance is very much like how does your body look, <laughs> mm-hmm. like how does your body look in space? And I think you know it'll be like ah. Oh, you know, she has just, her leg is better than mine when she's doing an arabesque. You know, I think it's just everybody nitpicks their yeah. one flaw or two flaws. It's regardless of how many flaws you think you have. Each person is going to nitpick something personally. I would say I'm very fortunate. Like, I did not feel the outside pressure from my teachers or anything. We had a really great group of girls. So we didn't have bullying as far as body image goes. I think it was very internalized. And any Mm -hmm. negative feelings you had about yourself were 100% in your brain.
0: Interesting. Would um, you say that that's the case? And I know you can only truly speak to your experience, but from being in the world, what the dance world that is, and interacting with other dancers, what have you heard, I guess, of like some other people's experiences, just from your outside perspective on that?
1: Yeah, I do not think it's always the case. I was part of a dance company who we were very low budget. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a dance company; we don't get a lot of funding, so we would reuse costumes. And right. we did basically get roles based on what costumes you could fit into. How
0: sorry? How old were you when you were doing that? Um, the company is for nine through eighteen-year-olds. Okay, so kind of that like peak like, right? Self image just development exactly. period okay yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: I mean I, it wasn't like bad like we our instructor wasn't didn't make us feel bad about it it was more mm-hmm. just kind of like oh well we don't have money to buy new costumes right what so are you this- gonna do it's gotta fit or like somebody else who fits in it is has this part um but I mean you know you see these shows and these competitions and like I had a friend try out for So You Think You Can Dance and she has not great reviews on that interaction (laughs) and yeah I think I for one was lucky that I didn't have external body image hate um Mm -hmm. But I definitely don't think that's a major pattern. Like I do think that there are studios and cliques of girls in the dance world that judged a little more than they should have.
0: And that's kind of refreshing for me to hear because I had no idea where this conversation was going uh, or (laughs) excuse me, where it would go as far as like how it really is. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of comforting to hear that, especially in contrast to what you said before like specifically in ballet and when you're doing ballet and point you know up on your toes I guess like the, the idea and correct me if I'm wrong here would be that you don't want as much weight going through your toe because you're like doing something very unnatural mm. but it's I don't know that's just a total guess
1: right I mean so the history behind point shoes is to make you look like you're floating the gentleman who invented point shoes that was his whole premise behind them mm-hmm but, I mean, point shoes are going to suck regardless of your body type. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're I not just, fun. <laughs> I always just, like, like tried to rationalize it. Like, oh, maybe that's what
0: it means. So I always, like, heard about, I guess, like you mentioned, the stereotypes of ballet specifically. And I, I wasn't sure how invasive that got into other areas of dance. So it is refreshing yeah. to hear that, like, We are able to at least, you know, your experiences for the most part was great, and so we are able to move past that a little bit, recognize how terrible it was, and even those teachers who you know experienced that firsthand are not passing that down to the next generation of dancers. Despite there still being issues, it's hard not to start to get sort of these these negative like ideas of yourself if you're looking at yourself twenty four seven. I mean, like like the eating disorder rate and all that is like. Higher, just like cost girls in general, and that's not for dancers who are, you know, like it doesn't even take sitting there and looking in front of the mirror right. to get to it, that I point.
1: Think that's why I was like, oh, the word inevitable. Like I think it's just this way society has, you know, it comes down to a societal issue as far as like young girls and you know, middle school, high school, especially like mm-hmm. body image becomes your main concern yeah your defining (laughs) feature exactly um but yeah so like I think right I think for me I was very fortunate that all of my body issues were probably many people felt that it wasn't like it was exemplified because I was a dancer and that's awesome Um,
0: no right Would you say that it almost made you appreciate, like, maybe even the other way around, did it make you appreciate your body more, like, what it could do, and just your sense of just body awareness? Would you say that it almost had, like, a positive, like, it doesn't all have to be bad, you know? Like, obviously, we hear of these stereotypes, but it's not always true.
1: Yes, I totally feel super fortunate for dance, Um, and I mean, that stems the really interesting conversations that we always have, how I'm like, I never think of dance as exercise. One thing that sticks out to me, cause it was so recent was like, we were doing our VO2 max test for our phys research. And, you know, I'm sitting here half my class runs on a daily basis and I (laughs) am not a runner. The only time I will run is if like I'm late for the bus. And even then I will debate, you know, I'll be late. It's fine. I don't need to run after that bus. Like, my VO2 max is right with my whole class that runs and trains every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that has given me an appreciation, just being, like, go body. Like, yeah, dance is super intense. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: so totally. It does give you an appreciation. And I think also, like, just, like, knowing where I am in space, Mm. knowing how to move, Talking with dancers about non-dancers, I think we just have, you know, we sit and we spend five hours a night focused and zoned in on our body. How many people do that? Very few. (laughs) So I do think it gives you this different appreciation, whether, I mean, it takes you a while to notice it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So my question, so for me, I I would say I'm body aware. I'm not sure I'm quite as body aware as as you are, but um, I wasn't like, I didn't grow up as a dancer. I did gymnastics for a little bit and I was just always moving, always climbing trees, always just running around. And then I did get like a little bit more into exercise in high school and so forth. So I always have been moving and like feeling my body move. But what's interesting with my experience in personal training has been, specifically and like older women is like that is actually not that common and I think and tell me your thoughts on this I think that it is a huge barrier to exercise because like when I'm thinking of what I'm doing I can visualize the muscles and I can like visualize what I'm doing and like feel what's working and understand it and that's a privilege so it, it's just interesting because you know, if, if someone's doing a movement, like just regular old exercise, right? If someone's doing a movement and they're like, this feels awful, they're just going to attribute that to exercise because they don't understand, they don't have the body awareness to know like, oh, it's not supposed to feel that way. Maybe, you know, this is like, I'm talking more on the extreme, like very rarely as exercise at all. But even just going through PT school is like, I feel like my workouts are so much more effective and I'm doing a lot less. <laughs> because of the ability to have body awareness, so
1: I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, so the cool thing is, is the shift from studio dance to college dance Mm -hmm. is, studio dance you grow up we're dancing in front of a mirror 24 7 you're checking yourself you have your lines you know mm-hmm. is my toe fanned out perfectly like oh i can lift a little high or whatever mm-hmm. translate that to the college world we don't have mirrors we have curtains and we cover them up and it is all about like now you need to sense where you are in space and it is your job to know like it's just very different. granted, not every college program is like that um, that's also very different. Um, but the one I was in that is what it was like um, and I totally agree I mean it stems down to the whole like why we practice lab in PT school so we know what the exercises feel like so we can mm-hmm. give that information to our pay and to our patients
0: absolutely, absolutely and um. So the biggest thing, like back to training a little bit, or me training some older adults, it's like, not super old either. Like, I'm saying older adults. These aren't people who are like 95. Like, (laughs) these are maybe like 60s, which really isn't super old. But um, it's interesting because women back not that long ago, like, didn't even have, I don't know the dates on this, and I should have looked it up, but I don't know the dates. But they like, didn't get to participate in gym. So you have this entire generation of people who literally don't know what muscle soreness feels like and don't know like what, I don't know, just like the exertion of exercise and then, or how to coordinate and do like a single joint movement. Like there are be doing a bicep curl and like moving their wrist all weird and their like shoulder. <laughs> it's just like, Oh my goodness. Like this is, this is just nuts. And so it. I think it's super encouraging that now how much like women have like kind of blown up into the fitness industry and just like exercise and so forth in the fact that we can now be able to, to get that body awareness. Obviously not at the elite level you have because that's just something else. Being able to develop that, I feel like younger We can then use that when we're older and then be able to feel certain muscles and all that kind of stuff as we start to get a little deconditioned just as we age. I got a little bit on a tangent there, but I just think it's super (laughs) interesting how much we take that for granted. It's specifically like you and I, because I would say compared to even the average person who has like, I don't know, done like sports growing up and stuff, like we're pretty on one end of the spectrum with that. So,
1: Right. I would agree. Yes. Yes.
0: And so, I know you talked a little bit about this, and I just want to hear a little bit more of your thoughts. Or, you told me you were texting me before this, and you said, like, you remembered the first time that you were like, Oh, I just did like my first workout, and you like posted (laughs) on Facebook or so. So Talk about that, yes.
1: So, okay, it was super funny because I mean, I know we've been talking about this, and it was right after I listened to your like first episode. I was, I know, I know. Yeah, so it was a Facebook memory that popped up and I was such an annoying teenager. Oh gosh, thank That's you one, like, Facebook, for reminding me that. Yeah, social media was just like no one knew what they were doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Um but my post was like somewhere like freshman sophomore in high school, whatever. Mm-hmm and it was like oh my gosh you guys just worked out for the first time ever but like don't worry I'm gonna go get ice cream afterwards it's cool <laughs> i like so annoying yeah um I've always had this thought but it just brought the thought up again right I never considered dance exercise you know the caveat I texted you um Also, because I like listening to this one podcast, it's always like, oh, I'm a feminist, but, and so I had the like, oh, I'm a student physical therapist, but I hate going to the gym. Right, right. And so it's super weird. And then that just leads me to think like, even being a student physical therapist, that hasn't changed my opinions on the gym, I still hate going to the gym, and I don't do it, Um, and so it's just super interesting how, like, I grew up, you know, doing aerobic exercise four hours a night every night of the week, and I never considered that, and to be honest, I still don't consider that exercise. Um, and I think it's just because it's like, oh, it's fun. And we have this negative, like our society's like exercise sucks. Um, right, right. I'm still kind of stuck in that.
0: <laughs> I think that's a perfect story to illustrate the point that, in not everybody, I think it's starting to change in certain niches, but um, we view exercise for the most part as like this punishment of like, I have to go to the gym and I hate going to the gym. And I'm someone who does like going to the gym because I like how I feel after I lift weights. That's not everybody. And it's funny because here I am, someone who does like going to the gym and is a physical therapist saying, don't go to the gym if you don't want to. And you can still be totally fine. Like you said, like you have had years of this aerobic and strength too. There's a lot of strength in dance with the holds and your core, especially. And, and then you're still being able to meet some of the other people who more, um, excuse me, exercise more traditionally in class with the VO2 max testing, which for those of you who don't know, it's like the standard test for aerobic capacity. So it's just so interesting. So I feel like exercise as like the term and maybe what do you think? Like, do we need to change the term? Or do we just need to start saying movement? in promoting more movement like medically speaking versus just exercise or what are your thoughts on how to like depair that because i mean everyone always has areas to improve but i don't feel like you're unhealthy because you get
1: your movement in you know what i mean right it's such it's a hard question and like mm-hmm. i don't have answers um mm-hmm. especially because being in grad school a studio is mainly for three to 18 year olds, although there are adult classes. Um, and then the college world where I'm dancing all the time now I don't have that available to me. So I'm right. not moving as much mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, that really sucks. But yet again, you know, here I am. I don't want to go to the gym. So what can I do? That's functional and still, you know, maintain my cardiovascular fitness. Um, But then at the same time, like when we're learning about things like somebody who's at risk for shoulder impingement, maybe Mm -hmm. they do need to do X number of bicep curls a day in order to maintain and protect that shoulder joint. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird fine line. And I think that's what's going to be really interesting is kind of how to break this stigma of exercise and blend the two between functional, fun, everyday movement. Like how can my everyday life be exercised without me needing to go spend an hour at the gym every night if that's not my thing? Exactly. Um, I don't have an answer and that drives me crazy because I want an answer so bad. Maybe by the much. time
0: we graduate, you know.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: But that really is the big question, right? Like how how do we do that? And I think that as student physical therapists and going to be clinicians, that's kind of like what I want to start to explore is how do we do that? How can we realistically make this thing that like most people don't want to do into something that's not terrible, but still meets their needs functionally? Yes, it's hard, but it really doesn't seem that far out of reach. So like for you, for example, I know, like what things have you been doing in order to like maintain your exercise that you don't hate or is there nothing?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really hard for me. Cause again, like we talked about, you know, yes, I am this passionate person, but I think some of that five-year-old Amy of like, this doesn't really interest me is still there. <laughs> um, and so I do, I try to find stuff. I really love walks um mm-hmm. we did get a treadmill and I do use it grudgingly um but I walk I am not a runner and that is okay I am totally okay with like I will get that treadmill to the point where I am walking super fast and breaking a sweat and happy and I'm not running and like That's that is that no incline, so the exactly. incline in there. <laughs> I mean you know as long as I'm getting my heart beating, I'm you know Whatever, it's all relative. If that Mm -hmm. works for you, wonderful. Um, But I'm also super fortunate since my family owns a farm and I grew up on a farm. So, like Mm -hmm. this summer, you know, it's hay season. So, we are doing hay. And what (laughs) that is a great workout if you ever need to. Like, we always need help with hay. People can come reach out to me. out (laughs) so that's that is what I've been doing um but it is like that's why I'm like oh I wish I had an answer not only going into this profession I want that answer for my future patients but selfishly I want the answer for myself for sure Um, and so yeah this will be a continual search of mine and exploration So hopefully one day the light bulb goes off and I can find something that benefits me the way dance did growing up. Yeah. Um, Even though I don't give it up, I just don't do it as regular.
0: Yeah. Well, life gets in the way. And I think it's naive to say, and I've heard some people say this mostly like trainers here and there online. It's like, make time for the things that, you know, like you need to, which I do think is true to an extent, but certain people have real responsibilities. So I think it's, it's not fair to tell people like, well, you need to make time for the gym. It's like, okay, well, you're 25 and single. And like, this is your job. You work at a gym. Yes. It's easy for you to make time, you know?
1: Uh, And then you get your patient who has, you know, she's a single mother with three kids and taking night classes. That's not going to work.
0: That's (laughs) not going to work. And again, obviously this is an ongoing question and a work in progress on the answer. But I think that continuing to push for how can we make this work, you know, in in a way that's enjoyable to people is really just the ultimate goal for movement. Because we, we were, I know it's cliche because it's the freaking title of this podcast, but we were made to move like that. That's why there's so many diseases, like without it, you know, or at least are progressed with. Well, um,
1: and I mean, there is no doubt that you do feel better after mm -hmm. you move. Yeah. Like that's just, we don't need science. Go out for a walk, and you're gonna feel better. Like, and you subjectively hear <laughs> it. Exactly. We don't need any research articles on this, although yeah. they're great. Yeah. <laughs> like um, I totally agree. Yeah, but it's just you know broadening what we consider movement. Exactly.
0: Thank you. I should say for coming on and um adding your two cents as far as like what dance was for you in that realm, how it p- contributed to body image and how you really came out pretty unscathed with that and really were able to reap the benefits of dance because I don't want this to come off that we're hating on dance because dance is amazing and I love it I like dance around my room all the time looking like stupid that's why I do it by myself but
1: (laughs) hey I'll come um, over and dance with you yeah right
0: (laughs) just you though it's just so easy to slip into the binary of like this is bad and this is good and so i think right i just thank you for coming on and really illustrating that like there are problems like there are problems in everything i have plenty of problems with physical therapy Mm. even though i love it right and but for the most part though it it is a good thing so i really appreciate your time and your perspective
1: and Uh, of course thank you for having me yeah yeah
0: if we ever get back in person here Well, I see you all the time, and so I'm sure we'll be brainstorming plenty of ideas and having you come back on.
1: Exactly. Awesome. I'm so excited. All right. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Thank you so much.